Good morning, redeemed saints. Good morning, redeemed sinners. Today, today is the church's New Year's Eve. Today marks the final day on the church's liturgical calendar year as we prepare to flip the page to a new season that inaugurates the Advent, the coming of Jesus. Next Sunday, we begin our walk to Bethlehem. We begin our walk into the new church year. Today, we culminate. We culminate the church year by celebrating the cosmic reign of Christ the King over all that is, was, and will ever be. Our text this morning seems to come from an odd location in the Jesus story for this time of year. It's set with the trial of Jesus with Pilate. And Jesus was on trial on the day he was to be executed. It's a conversation about who is actually in charge. It's a conversation about is Caesar and the kingdom of Rome in control? Are they in charge? Or is it Jesus in the reign of the kingdom of heaven and the reign of God in, in charge? So as you listen to this interchange, I want you to notice how the conversation is a little like that old Abbott and Costello shtick where they, who's on first? Remember that one? Who's on first? And that this conversation that's going on in our text has two people talking to each other, but they're obviously talking about different things. They're talking at cross purposes. Hear the word of the Lord, John chapter 18, verses 33 to 38. Listen to the word of the Lord. Pilate entered the headquarters again. He summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. So Pilate asked him, So you are a king? And Jesus answered, You say, that I'm a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? 
And after he had said this, Pilate went out to the Jews again and told them, I find, find no case against him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. As we hear this story, it's helpful for us to remember this story serves as a freeze frame in the midst of a flurry of activity going on in the Passion narrative. In less than 12 hours, 15 hours, Jesus has had dinner with the disciples. They have gone to the garden where they have prayed into the late of night. Jesus was arrested as the disciples prepare for an armed confrontation with a mob, Jesus is then hauled before and whisked in between two different religious um, tribunals where he's interrogated and he's beaten. By this time in the story, the sun has just come up and he is finally dragged to the Roman governor, Pilate, for a verdict regarding sedition. Ironically, because the religious authorities didn't want to get ceremonially impure by stepping foot into Pilate's palace, because he's a Gentile, Pilate pulls Jesus in to the Pilate's quarters, to the palace, in order to have a conversation without all the yelling and the screaming that was going on out there. Finally, in this whirlwind of 15 hours, finally, some quiet. Finally, Jesus can converse rationally with another person without all the screaming and noise. Or can he? People often carry their agendas into the conversations they begin, don't they? And Pilate was no different. Pilate's agenda was simply to keep peace and to politically keep all the players happy. He wanted to keep his political clout so that he didn't lose favor in the eyes of Caesar. He wanted to keep the Jewish leaders happy. He wanted to keep the Jewish people happy. And he was going to do whatever he could to make everybody happy. In Matthew's account of this story, we read that Pilate's wife even sent Pilate a note during this conversation with Jesus telling him, don't do anything with this innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. And Pilate ignored the advice of his wife which after all these years of marriage I've learned is not a good thing to do. Pilate was only concerned about one thing. Pilate. He just had to make sure Jesus was not some political rival and upstart. So the questioning begins. Are you the king of the Jews? And it's at this point in the conversation, Jesus takes control of the conversation very subtly. 
and he takes control of the, situa- uh, the conversation and he turns it into a personal conversation with Pilate. Jesus does not answer yes or no to Pilate's question. He simply throws a question back at Pilate that Pilate would have to wrestle with. Do you ask this on your own, Pilate, or did others tell you about me? Now, Pilate, by this time, is hooked, and he realizes that Jesus is not some country hayseed from Galilee. Pilate presses Jesus even harder. What have you done? Jesus doesn't answer that question directly either. Because Jesus knows it's, he's not before Pilate for what he has done. Jesus understands he's before Pilate because of who he is. Who Jesus is. My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not from here. Jesus' response to Pilate and his question is a, is a question or a response that's given to you and me as well today. The essence of Jesus and Pilate's conversation boils down to a question of belonging. It's a question of belonging. Either A person belongs to the realm of the worldly, culturally driven rules, or one submits to the rules in the realm of God and lives by heaven's code. Jesus has just elevated the meaning of their conversation in this process. He elevates the conversation with each of us and the church as well. Friends, you see, the question that Jesus raises this Christ the King Sunday is a question about our fidelity, our belonging. Are we sons and daughters of the earthly realm, or are we indeed sons and daughters? of God in the heavenly realm. Jesus, frankly, informs Pilate his kingdom is not of this world. He belongs someplace else. So you're a king, Pilate inquires. You say I'm a king. For this reason I was born to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Notice Jesus didn't say whoever listens to the truth hears my voice. Jesus did not say whoever talks about the truth listens to me. No, Jesus says it's about belonging to the truth. Whoever belongs to the truth listens to me. 
What happens next is the question each of us have to answer today. The church has to answer today. Pilate immediately asks Jesus, what is truth? And what was Jesus' answer? Silence. Dead silence. And he lets that silence sit there. Presbyterian minister and author Frederick Buechner describes the scene in our story today like this. He says, when Pilate asks, what is truth? And for years, people have been asking that question. Politicians, scientists, theologians, philosophers, and poets, and so on. The sound all those people make, all those experts make, is the sound of crickets chirping. Jesus doesn't answer Pilate's question. Later, Buechner goes on to say, Pilate asks his famous question, what is truth? And Jesus answers him with a silence that is so heavy, so overwhelming in its eloquence. Silence is one of those things that causes people discomfort a lot of times. Causes people anxiety. People don't know what to do when we become silent. If the silence feels like it's going too long, we get uncomfortable. We want to fill it with noise, distraction. Silence is that moment when you and I can turn everything off and sit with the question. Silence in our screen digital world is truly a gift these days. It's a gift we should embrace. It's in this necessary sound of silence that you and I are asked what to do. We are asked to do what Pilate had to do. Stew on the question. Silence allows you and me to reflect upon who we belong to. Who this church belongs to. Silence forces you and me to ask ourselves, what is truth? And then to sit in with that. You see, on Christ the King Sunday, you and I are invited into the sound of silence to truly listen, to truly determine whose we are and what truth we follow. This is our time to ask ourselves, to whom do we belong? Who do I belong to? As we walk out the door this morning, you and I are thrown into a world that will try to shout out 
our voice. We'll shout down our allegiance to the Christ. It's going to try to silence us. Instead, as we walk out the door, I want us to think about where does my allegiance lie? Do we get caught up in the riptide of a swirly, distracting cultural Christmas or do we consciously, silently slow down and thoughtfully make our way through Advent? Beloved, this week as we begin our tryptophan-laced sprint into the new year, your pastor is asking you to pull aside and listen to the sound of silence. Listen to your life, church. Listen to your life, disciple. And hear what it is telling you and others about the kingdom you belong to and reflect. Where does your allegiance lie? Do you belong to the kingdom of heaven? Or have you been sucked into the kingdom of the world? And Jesus... Jesus is silently standing with us in that silence in order to hear what we have to say. So be it. Pray with me. Oh Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would move among, within us, around us, about us. Lord, we pray that this week before we have the zip tie pulled on this top that gets spinning from Thanksgiving to the new year, Lord, that we will be silent. For Lord, you are silent with us because you, you want to hear and see where our allegiance lies. Holy Spirit, help us to choose wisely. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, all of God's people said, Amen. Let's stand and sing our closing hymn.